We start tonight, though, in Ukraine, where at least 16 people have been killed, 59 injured at least in a Russian missile attack earlier today on a crowded shopping mall in the central city of Kremenchuk. Images from the scene showed huge plumes of smoke, a shopping center engulfed in flames, emergency crews there. It was devastating to look at. Well, the sun is rising on a new day, Tuesday, there, when the scale of the attack will become even clearer, or at least who's been killed. Here are sounds from the scenes today. You can hear the fire raging there. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said the number of victims was, quote, unimaginable, saying there could have been at least a thousand people inside the mall at the time of the attack. Reporter James Longman was there today. Just the facade of the mall is standing. It's completely demolished. Uh, is, there's a huge emergency services operation going on here. You see fire trucks uh, all around um, because there's an enormous rescue operation going on. Hopefully, rescue operation. But the fear is that there'll be more bodies uh, under the rubble. Ukraine says there was absolutely no legitimate military target anywhere near here. So Russia must have known. They must have known that there was a mall full of families out shopping and they hit it anyway. That's reporter James Longman in Kramenchuk earlier today. G7 summit leaders, including Prime Minister Trudeau, are in Germany. They spoke by video link with President Zelensky. They condemned the attack as, quote, abominable. Uh, indiscriminate attacks on the innocent civilians constitute a war crime, they said in a joint statement. And they reiterated, reiterated their commitment to Kyiv for the long haul with plans to pursue a price cap on Russian oil, raise tariffs on Russian goods and impose other new sanctions. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz says attendees are in agreement when it comes to Ukraine. We are taking tough decisions that we are also cautious that we will help the Ukraine as much as is possible, but that we also avoid that there will be a big conflict between Russia and NATO. And this is what is of essence to be tough and thinking about the necessities of, uh, of the time we are living in. Joining me now is Oral Braun. He's a professor of political science and international relations at the University of Toronto and an associate at Harvard's Davis Center. Thank you for your time tonight. Thank you. So what to make of this? This is um, seems like a ramping up of some pretty indiscriminate attacks on civilians in Ukraine from Russia this weekend, this weekend and today. It's part of a pattern. It's sending a message, uh, not only of defiance, but also of contempt for the West in general, and for the American president in particular. Vladimir Putin is saying rules do not apply and your actions uh, uh, are not deterring uh, Russia and that he will persist as long as it takes. So he clearly feels emboldened. How would he feel emboldened at this stage of this war, considering uh, where it began and now we're more than four months in, but certainly some setbacks for Russia at the beginning. This has now become a much more uh, long and grinding uh, conflict in the, e in the East. But why would he feel emboldened right now? You are quite right uh, that uh, there were losses at the beginning and uh, Russia was shown to be far weaker than many of the West expected. The Russian military was ineffective. Corruption had corroded the military as well as civilian society, and the Ukrainians were able not only to stave off defeat, uh, but they were able to push back the Russians around the Kiev region and even around uh, the second largest city, uh, Kharkiv. 
But as the Russian um, writer Tolstoy said, the strongest warriors in a conflict are time and patience. And Putin seems to think that time is on his side and he has the patience because he's willing to lose a lot of people. He counts on the West um, not staying together. He looks at the leadership in the United States and finds that it is extraordinarily timid and ineffective. He has survived so far the sanctions. You will recall that Biden said, oh, just uh, come back in a month or two. And you will see how these sanctions are extraordinary. Vladimir Putin doesn't even know what he's being hit with. Well, uh, the ruble has regained its uh, value. Russia has generated more revenue from oil, which is the largest source uh, of revenue from exports in the past uh, five months than it has in the previous years. So uh, uh, Vladimir Putin is looking at the picture economically. He looks at the situation militarily where the Russians have made small but significant gains in the Donbass, and uh, he does not believe the West has the stamina. Is he right? Because this question was asked often early in the early days, whose side was time on? And the answer was often Ukraine's. Um, Has that changed? We don't know. It's very difficult to tell because we now have word that the United States is going to provide Ukraine with some very sophisticated anti-aircraft missiles that they are purchasing from Norway. The question is, why did they not do this two months ago? We now see that there is the delivery of high marks. These are longer range uh, missiles uh, than the Ukrainians had, up to 70 kilometers. Why were this, these not delivered months ago? Uh, the excuse the Biden administration and the West Europeans are uh, employing is that uh, the Ukrainians need to be trained on these weapons, that it takes several weeks. The war now has been four months. Why has this not been done? So the question, therefore, really focuses on whether the help, the military help that is so essential to Ukraine, whether that is being delivered late. Is the West doing today what it should have done yesterday? Is it uh, uh, doing today, uh, um, you know, things that are ineffective? And the things that it will do tomorrow, should those not have been or should we not be doing it uh, today? And this is what is so frustrating for the Ukrainian leadership, that they have stood up to Russia. Uh, Zelensky did not take Biden's advice to flee, and that was a seminal uh, act. But they keep pleading for armaments. Often they have to fight with one hand tied behind their backs, and sometimes with two hands tied behind their backs. And the losses are beginning to show in Ukraine. And they are also, there are also worries about uh, the Western Europeans. The Germans said that they are going to change their policies dramatically. They talked about this Zeitenwende, a new era, but they've been awfully slow in moving along those lines. 
And I can imagine this uh, latest missile attack on the shopping mall in Kremenchuk uh, following a weekend where there were more attacks on uh, residential areas of Kyiv. Uh, but the Kremenchuk one reminds me of the train station attack earlier in this war. It reminds me of Mariupol, the theater in Mariupol. Uh, this is the kind of attack that demands some kind of response. I can only imagine how angry uh, Ukrainian leadership will be to try and to have to, to contend with another at- indiscriminate attack on what was clearly a civilian target. And this is one of the big problems, that uh, the Russians seem to be able to attack civilian targets, deliberately targeting civilian targets, or at least being grossly negligent and reckless uh, reckless in doing that. And Ukraine is not allowed to retaliate. There are stipulations that the West has made in providing help, longer-range artillery, or longer-range missiles, that they cannot hit Russian targets inside Russia or inside Belarus. And uh, so far, it seems they were uh, they have not been even been able to uh, or allowed to hit targets, let's say, in Sevastopol and occupied uh, Crimea. And so this gives a tremendous advantage to Russia. If Vladimir Putin is saying to the West, I'm going to use that advantage, I do not think that uh, you are... Uh, uh, going to take a chance on uh, retaliating. The West could open up a naval corridor to Odessa. So grains from Ukraine, and let's not forget that Ukraine is one of the world's largest exporters of wheat and barley. And this is desperately needed in places like Africa and elsewhere. And the West could open up the, that channel, but uh, they have they have not. So the Russians have been able to turn the Black Sea into a Russian lake. And so what is the message that the Kremlin is getting? The message they're getting is that Mr. Biden talks about standing up to Russia, that the rhetoric is really harsh, but um, the actions taken by the West are very timid. And uh, the patience uh, uh, in Western Europe seems to be running thin. Opinion polls are suggesting that many in in the West uh, would settle for some kind of arrangement where Ukraine would lose a lot of territory and uh, Russia will essentially have turned what looked like a massive strategic defeat into at least some significant tactical victory. This would be disastrous in the long term because Russian ambitions do not stop at Ukraine. No, absolutely. Uh, clearly, that is one thing that the Ukrainians and, and just trying to convince the Ukrainians to accept that sort of deal would be would would be next to impossible. And would think certainly after yet another attack on civilians today. I'm speaking with Oral Braun. He's a professor of political science and international relations at the University of Toronto and associate at Harvard's Davis Center. We're talking about uh, uh, shelling today of a shopping mall in uh, in Ukraine. Another attack on civilians. Uh, while world leaders are meeting at the G7, there's a NATO meeting coming up. A Later this week, lots on the table. Uh, we'll talk about what uh, needs to be seen from Western leadership now. Clearly, this was a message to them as they gathered, and we'll need to see what kind of response that they come up with. That's coming up. My guest this half hour is Oral Braun. He's a professor of political science and international relations at the University of Toronto. He's an associate at Harvard's Davis Center. We're talking about uh, all kinds of activity from Russia today, certainly uh, a missile, missile attack on a shopping mall uh, in uh, the central part of the country in a place called Kremenchuk, uh, not too far, far, far too, too far rather from Dnipro, Dnipropetrovsk. Um, 
and the message that this is sending to foreign leadership as they are meeting, not only the G7, but the NATO meeting coming up later this week. Uh, Professor Braun, what needs to be done now? Clearly, this is an attack that demands a response. What should the response be from both the G7 and uh, NATO coming up? One response would be indeed to move to open up a safe naval passage uh, for Ukraine to export the uh, grains. And I think that would be militarily viable and economically necessary. But uh, President Biden seems to confuse consensus with leadership. It is important to have a consensus among Western countries. But at times, you need to take bold leadership, and the United States has the capacity, and Britain would go along with it. And there may be some other countries, Poland and so on, that would also help. And that would make it much more likely that Germany eventually would also uh, come on board. But if you wait and build that consensus at the lowest common denominator, that is a recipe for being reactive allowing the Russians to have the initiative. And this atrocity has been so significant. Uh, the Ukrainian president called it one of the greatest acts of terrorism, this attack on uh, Kremenchuk. There ought to be a response. There should be more armaments uh, delivered, the, the patient pickup. Um, there is something called escalation dominance. And Russia seems to be controlling that element, escalation dominance. And this is, again, a country that has uh, been shown to be weak, not only economically, but militarily. But it is led by a ruthless leader who is willing to take losses, who is willing to defy the West. And so uh, at this point, the question is whether uh, the West uh, having... uh, uh, at this demonstration of Ukrainian willingness to fight, the Ukrainians are not asking the West to do the fighting for them. They have paid dearly in lives. They just want to have the military and the economic means to do so. Whether the West will accelerate that military help, and they need to really sharply accelerate that help in terms of training, in terms of delivery of heavy weapons, in terms of anti-aircraft missiles, all of that uh, should have been done yesterday. We've seen reports today of Russia defaulting on its international bonds for the first time in a very long time. Are these sanctions working? Are the different measures put in place by the West, weapons aside, are they having an impact? Uh, Is that why we're seeing a Russia that's being more bold right now? Because, in fact, they are feeling the pinch, or is that not the case? In a moment of strategic lucidity, uh, Mr. Biden, at the beginning of the conflict, admitted that sanctions will not create deterrence. That is, sanctions have a limited effect. He did say that, well, they will really be biting, but it takes a long time. And perhaps a year from now, two years from now, we will see a very destructive effect on the Russian economy. But so far, they have not incapacitated. They may have wounded the Russian economy, but they have not incapacitated the Russian economy. Now, the proposals that are on the table right now, the G7 meeting, seem very clever. One is to have a cap on oil, which would allow Russia to export oil, but they would get a very low price. And that would not uh, uh, put pressure on uh, oil to rise internationally, but Russia would get less revenue. Well, you need to have A great many things fall into place for that to work. Many countries had to agree to it. 
private companies have to go along with it. It has to be extremely carefully coordinated. The chances of that working are rather limited. They have also moved on not buying Russian gold. That would hurt on the margins. But sanctions take such a long time that when you have such horrific losses on the ground, you cannot wait for the sanctions to do to, to the, the job. The most important element is what happens on the ground militarily. And I guess what we're seeing now is the result of that on the ground. I'm sure, sure there'll be a lot of anger in Ukraine uh, come Tuesday morning. Oral Brown, thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you for having me on.